0: My name is Mark Morton. I'm Head of Tax at Mercer Group and welcome to the March Newswire. So uh, again, a bit of a whiz through some of the tax news that's been arising in the last uh, three or four weeks. Obviously, the headline was the budget. We had the budget, uh, a bit of a late night, but in the office. So um, there you go, a bit of normality. And uh, there were a number of things that stood out from the budget, I suppose. Um, the first couple were extension of the furlough scheme and extension of self-employed income support grants. At the moment, we are in, I suppose, the process that we've been in uh, in previous incarnations of, of these reliefs. Um, you tend to get the government announcement first, then you get a bit of HMRC guidance, then you get um, legislation, and the final thing you get is then you know comprehensive guidance from the revenue. So at the moment, we're in the second area of that, that we've had the announcement. We've got some initial guidance. Um, Both of the schemes are similar to what we've had before, certainly the the extension of furlough and the the fourth instalment of the Self-Employed Income Support. Um, We will keep you up to date with changes. And obviously, uh, if you are interested, we have client letters along those lines. One of the blogs this month um, talks about what we know about the Self-Employed Income Support announcement at the moment. So there's some information out there if clients are asking you, but we don't have comprehensive detail as we sit here today. Um, The third and fourth sort of elements that I picked out was how do we pay for all of this? Uh, Some eye-watering figures in the budget about how much the pandemic has cost uh, and of course how do we pay for it? Well one way is raise some taxes but the voting population doesn't tend to appreciate that, particularly if they understand the changes. So Uh, Rather than raise direct rates of um, income tax, the Chancellor has chosen uh, to freeze essentially most of the personal-related allowances uh, right up to 26. So there are uh, increases, for example, in the personal allowance and the higher rate threshold going into the new tax year, but then no increases till 26. CGT annual exemption not going up till 26, IH2 nil rate band. Um, I can't remember the last time it went up, but it's not going up in the near future, and so on and so forth. Um, so that was one of the ways to raise taxes. The other one was was an announcement that the rate of corporation tax will go up significantly in 23, um, so not at the moment, but with a small companies rate, as I still call it, and a marginal small companies rate, which just goes to show if you hang around long enough, all of these things come back. Uh, Some of the younger ones will have no idea what I'm talking about, but what that brings into play amongst other things is good old associated companies, Um, so there's a bit of dusting off of some of the old ideas and old legislation being reintroduced and those elements we will be covering obviously in detail in our finance bill courses in May and June so if you are interested in those things amongst others then obviously um, please join us on one of those courses. I suppose on a similar theme uh, one of the interesting uh, elements the fifth thing I pulled out was um, an announcement by the government that they will invest 100 million pounds specifically Uh, into the revenue to recruit a very specific number of HMRC officials, 1265, with a view to specifically COVID compliance. And uh, personally, at the moment, I've seen no COVID compliance. Uh, I suspect over the next four or five years, I amongst others, you are going to see a lot. And again, there are some alterations to um, that legislation that was brought in last year, there are one or two tweaks in this year's finance. act, So again, our, our finance bill courses will be covering that in some detail. The sixth element I pulled out was um, the extended loss carrybacks. Uh, again, a bit of it goes around, it comes around. Certainly each recession I've worked through, the government have done versions of this extended loss carrybacks for three years instead of one. Uh, two versions, one for corporates, one for the self-employed, both of them essentially looking at accounting periods ending or basis periods ending in 2021 and 2021 two, um, and giving a facility to say, oh, actually, your number one year carryback can be extended for the self-employed against trading profits only into years two and three, for companies against total profits back into year two and year three, subject again to a cap of two million quid. Um, that will be detailed in um finance bill. And again, uh, uh, for clients, we've created some client letters that you can keep your clients informed with those. So again, uh, if you're interested, feel free to have a look at those on our website. Similarly, um, super deduction was announced, uh, a first year allowance for companies only. So there are two versions of this. One is for um, uh, general plant and machinery. And the other one is for special rate expenditure, integral features, long life assets, things like that. So the higher rate is 130% first year allowance. The one for integral features, 50%. Looking at expenditure over the next two years, next two financial years, so 1st of April to 31st of March 23, there are similarities to things we've had before. There are differences. Um, Again, we have client letters explaining these. We have finance bill, we'll delve into it in fine detail. So. Uh, again, lots of information from that. Free ports was an announcement by the government, so a similar concept to enterprise zones. Uh, if any of you have ever had clients that are based in enterprise zones, you will know that a variety of tax breaks go around those. Um, similar issue here that the government sort of laid out the eight initial what they call free port stroke enterprise zones they want to nominate. And amongst other things, there'll be SDLT breaks within those areas. Uh, enhanced structures and buildings allowance, things like that. So again, in its infancy, but that structure being put in place um, through the finance bill again, I suppose very exciting if you've got clients that, that can base themselves in those areas, a um, bit of a damp squib if you, if you haven't, but that's always been the case with enterprise zones. So uh, again, a uh, lot of information starting to appear on that. Penultimate thing, again, relates to the finance bill and the budget, but a series of COVID-related changes to benefits-in-kind legislation because of the pandemic, the most important being the good old employer-provided bicycle will not be a taxable benefit, even if you haven't cycled it to the office for the last year, uh, which is hugely important and and very important to um, keep an eye on clearly. Final thing, which is, I suppose, uh, uh, something for the future, is... You may have picked up from other sources that um, HMRC have announced the extension of of MTD, particularly for income tax purposes in in 2023. And essentially what they're doing as part of the finance bill process, again, is creating a new penalty structure. So for late filing and late payment, you will integrate VAT returns broadly and self-assessment returns. And the more failures you have, the more the points will become. So uh, if anybody remembers the phrase points makes prizes, Uh, It is an integrated regime that looks at failures in both regimes, and the penalties go up incrementally. But again, that's designed to come in as part of the implementation of that uh, MTD extension. So that's a a couple of years ahead. So lots of information in the budget. As I said, it will be covered in a lot of detail in the finance bill. Client letters are out there, uh, clearly. One one or two other things in the newswire that you will see, I've mentioned the self-employed income support blog. Um, One of the interesting things about that is that the initial, the fourth installment, which is going to be due sometime at the end of April, appears to be pretty similar to what we've had before. So it revolves around 50,000 quid, half your earnings from, half your income, I should say, from um, self-employment. Interestingly, because we've another year down the self assessment cycle, the revenue are now looking at that in relation to 1920 initially, that test. And then saying you need to have submitted your return for 1920 prior to budget day. We will look at those tests initially for 1920 and then possibly for 1819 and 1920. And if that doesn't work, three year spread to 1920. And then the final version is a four year spread to 1920. So similar, but not the same as what we've had in the past. Um, the amounts involved initially the same sort of grant eighty percent or seven and a half thousand pounds sort of test that is available as well slightly different though in that you have to have traded in nineteen twenty and twenty twenty one so that test a bit different and certainly when you look at the second instalment the fifth grant we don't know a lot about that but one of the interesting statements was that there'll be two amounts of grant for the final version a higher one and a lower one and that will be dictated by how much your turnover has dropped in the year 2021, interestingly. When, of course, at the point you were able to claim that in July, um, you won't have necessarily the information at that stage to provide the client. So um, there's quite an interesting, do the clients make a guesstimate with the danger of getting it wrong or do they get their accounts prepared early, Um, sometime between April and July, uh, as long as they pay you, of course. So there's quite an interesting... Um, difference with the fifth grant and you'll see what we know laid out in that in that blog. Two other COVID related points which we have currently been talking about in our Spring Tax Update course. So again, uh, if you have an interest in current developments, um, feel free to sign on to one of those. Really again COVID related, one is the late payment regime, the surcharge regime for self-assessment, we had an announcement pretty late in the day because obviously the, the 100 quid late filing penalty was deferred essentially for a month. And what the government then did uh, as, a, as another exercise was defer the surcharge regime essentially for a month. So in terms of payments that are outside a time to pay arrangement, then 1st of April becomes a critical point in time to avoid surcharges. So for income tax self-assessment, we've had that announcement in the last three or four weeks We've also had more information and the opening up of the VAT deferral scheme. So you may remember there was a period of time, sort of last March to last June, where if payments were falling due in that period, you could choose just not to pay the VAT. And the original terms were, well, please pay it to us by next 31st of March. But other than that, it was a pretty loose statement. That has changed now and the finance bill is legislating this, but essentially now saying, you can enter into uh, an online arrangement to say that deferred amount we would like to defer into installments over the next year, possibly up to 11 installments depending on when you make the application. Uh, That facility is now open on the revenues website and is of course slightly different to the time to pay arrangement as well. Uh, And that arrangement not carrying any interest. Lots of different things floating around and some of them have moved on in the last month and those are two of the ones that that have moved on a bit. Final thing, just to mention uh, as an aside, I suppose, or a final final closing element, we've had an announcement, and this is more of a commercial thing than a tax thing. But the government have announced grants related to Brexit to help people understand the import and export scheme. Uh, reading the newspapers recently, if it's going to cost a business an extra hundred and eighty quid per load of Stilton that they send abroad, uh, they may need some help. Clearly, but grants available to businesses to help them with that additional sort of level of paperwork and understanding the system and so on and so forth. And the link to that is in our in our newswire bulletin as well. And if you have a more general interest in, um, certainly VAT elements of this, uh, please log on to my uh, colleague Emma's course uh, related to Brexit and the VAT changes. Uh, in terms of direct taxation at the moment, we have very little information from the revenue about where they see direct changes going. Um, so that's really where I round up for the last three or four weeks. A lot of information will be coming through after Easter in terms of courses and so on. So I hope to see you, well, online in the short term. But our current aim is that from 1st of September, we are currently aiming, all things being equal, to be back in venues. So if Zoom has lost its attraction to you a little bit, uh, please feel free to join me in a hotel near you in the autumn. Uh, I'm prepared to go to any hotel, anywhere, probably walk it the way I feel at the moment, and um, hopefully I will see you for a coffee uh, and we can discuss the strange times through which we've been living. So stay safe, uh, get your vaccine as soon as you can, and I hope to see you in the autumn. Take care. Bye.
1: Well, thanks very much, Mark. And now it's over to the audit accounting section with me, Jeremy Williams. (laughs) Well, here we are, end of March, and the long-awaited consultation on the future of audit reform is finally here. We were expecting it last month. Uh, we've been uh, waiting on tender hooks for it to turn up, and now here it is. Now, I'm not actually going to do a detailed review of the contents of the consultation in this recording because we have a separate reaction video on our website, and if you've got our Newswire download, then there's a link to that reaction video in that download. Uh, But it's a game changer. It may well change the relationship between auditors, their clients, and the regulator, the FRC, soon to be ARGA. And the consultation aims at delivering on almost all of the recommendations from the three main reviews. That is the Kingman review into the FRC as regulator, the CMA review into the audit market, and then probably most importantly, the Bryden review. Into the nature of audit itself and what it aims to uh, give assurance on. So lots to unpack. We're going to be chewing that over uh, and giving you further updates as we go. But there's a blog article on our website. And as I say, that reaction video, go and have a look at it. That's by far the most important thing I think that's landed in March in the audit counting in tray. Uh, Let's talk about some of the other things that are coming up. So that's audit reform. What else is happening? Well, let's talk about Companies House. Uh, It's back to business as usual at Companies House. So first of all, the strike-off procedure was reinstated on the 8th of March. We had a brief suspension of that following the the longer suspensions last year, but that is back on now. Uh, And uh, while we're talking about back to business as usual, be aware that the filing extension that we've had, the three-month extension, uh, which many companies have benefited from, comes to a close on the 5th of April. So just to remind you how that works, it's a hard cut off. So if your year end was, sorry, if your filing date rather, was due to be the uh, 5th of April, then you had a three month extension. If it's due to be the 6th of April, it remains the 6th of April. Uh, So there's no tapering down. Uh, Unfortunately, it's just a hard cut off. So we'll be back to our normal filing deadline. And we'll have to see what happens to filing deadlines uh, following that uh, consultation for companies' house reform that we talked about uh, in previous Newswire updates. What else is happening? Well, the uh, Corporate Governance Code, we've had further guidance from the FRC on applying the Corporate Governance Code. And I appreciate that for most of you watching this, that's not going to be a relevant topic. uh, But for those who are, there's more emphasis on transparency. The Corporate Governance Code works on a comply or explain model. Uh, and you need to make sure that if you're not complying that you explain clearly in what way you haven't complied, um, specifically what have you done instead. Uh, Some more transparency. It's not just an opt-out, but it's there to give some flexibility where needed, um, but to force companies to be clear about what they've done. Right, in other news, uh, company AGMs. Now, this may not have been on your priority list if you're dealing primarily with owner-managed businesses who can meet uh, as often as they need to and can do so virtually. But if you're a um, a larger company with a bigger body of shareholders, then it's normally incumbent on you to have a public AGM um, where your shareholders can convene. And of course, that's been uh, impossible during the current lockdown restrictions. But the principle is that you should allow people to meet uh, as soon as government guidelines allow. So we've had some guidance from the Chartered Governance Institute to talk about Uh, how this practically works. And they're making the the general point that once restrictions are, are eased and once we can hold meetings again, then companies should look to hold public meetings as soon as they can, but they may well want to make those hybrid meetings to allow people to attend virtually, but also giving some people the option to attend in person. So sensitive to government guidance uh, and that will be an ever-changing position. Uh, we've got deadlines, of course, for easing the lockdown, but those are um, are not fixed in stone. So uh, you need to keep up to date with the government restrictions. Um, but if you're dealing with a company with lots of shareholders and a company that normally holds AGMs, then go and check out that ICSA guidance. So what else? Uh, operational separation of audit firms. Now, This is part and parcel of the Bayes Consultation. Uh, There are uh, going to be principles for operational separation that the regulator will have to take forward. And the FRC has already drafted its principles for operational separation of the big four. uh, And that sets out how it will work with those firms. Um, The firms are largely voluntarily moving in that direction in any case. um, But it gives the regulator some clear guidelines as to what to do. Uh, if they don't think the separation is happening quickly enough or far enough. Other points to come up. Um, There's been some small amendments to IFRS. Uh, I'm not going to go into the detail of those. um, Have a look at Newswire. Um, They're to do with the difference, for example, between accounting estimates um, and changes of accounting policy. uh, And they're coming in in a couple of years' time. So we've got quite a long run time for those IFRS changes to come in. Details in Newswire. Here's a slightly odd topic, the FRC's Financial Reporting Lab are reporting on the use of virtual reality in corporate reporting. Yes, you've heard it here. We'll be donning headsets to read sets of accounts in the future, or will we? Uh, Have a look at the consultation. Uh, If you've got a busy day, I would put this towards the bottom of your pile of things to look at, Um, but you may find it of interest. So what else is happening? Well, if you deal with solicitors, then you need to know about Tech 1 stroke 21 AAF. This is the latest guidance from the Institute about the new Solicitors Client Money Regime. If you're involved in this regime, you'll be aware that the rules changed significantly on the 25th of November 2019. And the new guidance outlines the new regime, gives you some background to that, and will be very helpful for anyone who is conducting SRA assignments at the moment. Now, we're running plenty of specialist courses on this uh, virtually, so please make sure that you're checking with us. For the latest technical update if you're working for solicitors i think the last point on our list is the changes to quality management standards now those changes themselves are pretty important in nature but whenever big changes happen to key standards there's usually a flurry of further updates that need to happen to any other standards that have been affected and that's already happened to the auditing standards uh, they've been conforming changes to those but we've now seen issues of uh, conforming changes to the various other assurance related standards from the IAASB. So if you're using any of those non-audit assurance standards for work, then just be aware that they have been updated briefly for the quality management suite. And that's about it for March. Spring is with us. Uh, Hopefully the hairdressers will be open soon. and we can all start to get out and uh, and meet people in the not too distant future. So please carry on staying safe, uh, abide by the government guidelines. But let's keep every finger crossed that there are better times to come, um, not uh, too far away around the corner. Uh, let's hope for some spring weather as well. We'll be back at the end of April. So look after yourselves, and we'll see you then.